0: All right, I want to talk to you <clears throat> today. The title of the message is The Life of Praise and Worship, The Importance of Living a Life <clears throat> of Praise and Worship. So if you, if you would, thank you, Jesus, open your Bibles to Psalm 34. Psalm 34 will we'll get started there. And wouldn't you... When we talk about getting God, I, I, I want to watch. I always say this you're not, we're not getting God to do anything, we're receiving from heaven. When we go to receive from heaven, it's important that we receive because, see, if, you, if, if, if you're praying and things aren't changing, all right, there's a problem. Now, I don't, I don't mean, you know, you pray and, and you see results immediately. Sometimes it happens that way. But, but I'm talking about someone you've been praying for years and years, and, and you're not really seeing any results in your life. You're not seeing any changes. There, there's, there's a problem, and the first thing you've got to realize is you've got to have a, a little bit of humility and come to realize that, you know, maybe, maybe the prayers that I'm praying aren't working because there's something wrong with how I'm praying. And a lot of people get offended when that's even suggested, because, of, because really of religious teachings. You know, the world will tell you, and a lot of churches will tell you this too, God's hear, God hears everybody's prayers. That's not what the Bible says. It says he hears the prayers of the righteous. Right? He hears the prayers of the righteous. What about the unrighteous? The only prayer he'll hear for them is a prayer for righteous. All right? So if you're unsaved, the only prayer God's going to hear from you is a prayer for you to get righteous. Lord, if you're real, show me. You know, I mean, I know that's kind of vague. But see, God will move on. He'll move on something where you're you're calling on Him to reveal Himself to you. Now, He'll move on that. But see, if you're not a believer and, you know... (laughs) In, in social media, we see all kinds of silly stuff. People believing that with, well, if we just flood social media with prayers, God will actually do something. God's not waiting on us to pray so that He'll do something. He's waiting on us to believe Him and stand in righteousness and do the things that the Word of God says to do. Psalm 34. Verse 1 here says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. All right? At all times. Now, that, does that mean you know, when you're working and you're trying to talk to people? But see, you, can't, you may not be able to praise the Lord out of your mouth while you're working and doing your job, but you can praise Him in your heart. You can praise Him in your spirit. You can be bent in that direction to where... You're praising the Lord, you're thankful. You you and, and you're living a life of, of praise and your and, and worship because it's so important for us to receive when we go to pray, and we need to become skillful at at, at this at this uh, operation uh at receiving from heaven. We, we need to be more skillful in our prayer and, and worship. I'm going to read to you a, a, uh, a word that, that Norval Hayes, who's, he, he's in heaven now, but Norval Hayes had an encounter with Jesus years ago. And the Lord spoke to him um, concerning receiving from heaven. He said, My children basically love me, but they live in poverty, in sickness, and in defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. Pay attention to that last word, enough. Because we don't worship the Father enough, it's affecting our lifestyle, our health, everything in our life. Because we don't spend enough time worshiping the Father. Because, see, your faith is connected to your worship. Let me say it again. Your faith is connected to your worship. How many times have have we seen you driving down the street and you see a church and it says, come worship with us. And you ever go there and they never worship at all. You know, they'll sing some songs, they'll they'll give a message on salvation, but you never see them just just taking time out and say, Lord, let's just worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Father, I'm just going to spend the next five minutes. Just, would you, I'm just going to worship you. I worship you, Father. I worship you, Father. I worship you. I worship you. See, see, religious people, that makes them uncomfortable. Why? Because they don't see that anything's happening by doing that. But see, that's a strong, that's a strong force. The devil doesn't want you using to stand there or sit there and say, Father, I worship you. I worship you. You get young believers, or I should say it this way, immature believers. You can be a Christian for 20 years and you still be immature. And a mark of that, if you've been walking with the Lord for, I'd say, more than even three or four years, and you can't speak out loud in front of your friends or your family, Father, I worship you. I worship you. You are immature. All right, the Bible, as I alluded to earlier, the Bible says the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. Right? He answers the prayers of the righteous. Well, what about the wicked? Well, he won't. Like I said, he won't. He doesn't answer those. Only the prayer for righteousness. But the righteous know how to pray. So, if the righteous know how to pray, I believe you know in, in a lot of aspects. He's talking about mature, mature Christians. Because, you know, if, if somebody gets born again, uh, say, uh, you know, in the last week or two, they really don't know, they, they don't know how to really pray. They need to be taught. Now, according to the Bible, they are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. There's no doubt about that. The word sa- clearly says they are the righteousness of Christ. And they were made that way by, by Jesus' blood, not by anything they did. But do they know how to pray? Well, I'd say probably 99.9% of them say, no, I really don't. <laughs> now, you know, that's where grace and mercy comes in because you'll get people like that. They'll just call God and ask him to do that and he'll, and he'll move. Why? Because of his grace and mercy, he understands they're, they're brand new in him and they're seeking him. But, you know, when you, if you've been walking with the Lord for any, time, any, any period of time and you don't exercise any faith, you're not doing the things that, that, that the Bible's teaching you to do, you're rejecting them, son or daughter, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. I'm telling you that right now. You're in trouble, you don't even know it. Your days on this planet could very well be numbered. Why? Because you don't become skillful in what God has given you, the life that he's given you here on this planet. You reject it. So just as Norval Hayes was saying, the Lord spoke to him. He said, many of my people, they live in poverty. They're sick. How many Christians do you know? I, I, I'm, we could just take our families here. I'm not just talking about friends, but we could just take family here and we could come up with quite a few people, we know. Just in our families, in, in this little you know, gathering right here, just our families, we know, that are sick. Why? They don't worship the Lord. Why? A lot of them don't even go to church. <laughs> Why? Because they don't have a relationship with the Lord or some other reason. See, the, the, the devil to get a hold of your mouth. You know, the, in Psalm it says, my, my, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What is that? That's righteousness speaking. That's righteousness speaking. My, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. What? Because I'm going to yield my tongue to the Word of God. Satan knows one thing. Whoever controls your tongue Controls the situation around you. If he can get to control of your tongue, then he can stop you from receiving from heaven. Many Christians, you know, and I, I've seen it in church before, I've said, repeat this after me. They just sit there. Like all of a sudden, they turn, in, they turn into a, a statue. You know, and here I'm over here repeating, trying to get them to use their faith. And they're sitting there, not moving their lips at all. And then they wonder, why, why doesn't God do something for me? It's simple. Because you're, you're not walking in righteousness. You, you're not even trying to become skillful in something. And what do we see here in the world today? We, had, we see in, the wor- in our world today, we see people that they don't give a rip about becoming skillful at anything. They don't even want to work. I'm not talking about just the church. I'm talking about in the world. Where did it come from? It came from the church. So don't look at the world and say, the world's going to hell. It's been doing that for uh, since the beginning of time. The reason why the situations are the way they are today is because the church has not stood up and spoken the truth, and stood on a word, because you know this what I'm what I'm saying right now. Ninety nine percent of the church in this area, they get up and leave, and I didn't say anything contradictory to the word of God, not one word, but they get up and walk out because I made them mad, and it really wasn't me making a mad. It was the word of God made them mad. He said, he I'll said, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praising continually. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, look at this one. In verse 15, in Hebrews 13, verse 15, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So see, it even says it in the New Testament, that we should continue, all right, to order offer the sacrifice. What's a sacrifice of praise? A sacrifice of praise is praising God when you don't feel like it. When things are going bad in your life, offer what? That's called a, that's a call to sacrifice. What do you do? You start praising Him. Because see, there's something supernatural, spiritually, that starts to happen when you praise God in the middle of a storm or middle end of a bad situation or in the middle of a flesh moment. I know nobody in here has flesh moments, right? Nobody in here has flesh moments. But see, there's a lot of people in the world, they have flesh moments. See, that's the time, rather than let your flesh rule you and rule the situation and bring results about you need to stand up as a christian and start speaking praises to god how many how many you know i would say to the church today how many of you in your homes have your children heard you praise and worship god i know there's probably a few out there that say well my my kids have well, see, that's the problem. If you can't praise and worship God at home and in, in, in front of your family, that, that right there is going to have an effect on your faith life. I, I'd almost say that if you don't do that in front of your family, that's why your faith doesn't work. That's why when you go to you don't believe that what you're actually saying is going to come to pass. You're probably not even saying it according to, to the, the Word of God anyway. I heard Brother Hagen say, you know, concerning prayer, because a lot of times people pray, they pray their, their prayers <clears throat> are not applied to the right situation. You know, prayer is not prayer, and sports aren't sports. In, in, Considering sports, you can't take and play a baseball game with football rules. It won't work. So to have a thinking that, well, prayer is prayer, if I just pray, God's going to do something. No, it doesn't work that way. It says in the Word of God that if you pray according to His will, you'll know that He hears you. And if you know that He hears you, you also know you have the petitions that you pray for. You have it. So what kind of attitude is that going to do to bring about? It's going to change how you talk, why? Because you've already got it. You're not praying to get something. You're praying from the standpoint, I already have it. See, the devil's trying to take it from you. And if you don't, if you don't get over on the other side of this thing and say, by God, it, it's already fine. I'm going to go over today three things a Christian must do to receive from heaven. The, fir- the first one... The very first one is you better answer the situation in your life. You better have an answer for what's going on. All right, It, it, this don't take, it doesn't take long to do this. but when a situation comes up in, in your life, let's say it's a financial situation, your answer should not be, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where am I going to get the money? Where am I? Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Prayers are not going to work. Well, pastor, that's being pretty mean. Saying my prayers won't work because I give the wrong answer. I believe God's big enough to overcome my answer. He is big enough because he's, I guess, guess what? He's already overcome your answer. The problem is you're rejecting his answer. You're rejecting his answer. He's giving you the answer and you keep coming up with the wrong, you keep focusing on the wrong thing. You need to focus on the answer, not the problem at hand. I don't need to keep talking about it. If it's finances for one thing, I don't need to keep talking about my financial problem. But many Christians, that's what they They keep talking about their finances. If it's sickness, they keep talking about their sickness. They even give it a name. And they even assign a doctor to it. My my itching doctor. I've got a scratch and I and I got an itch that need. So my they, they even call, this, this. I go to Doctor and so he's my itching doctor. What? It's your so it's your itch. You want to keep that thing? What do you want him to do or her to do? You want her to groom it for you? See, I know that sounds silly, but see, that's how people are talking and they're acting in the realm of the Spirit. Righteousness doesn't act that way. Righteousness has has control of its tongue. You know, the the thing the Lord was speaking to me the other day, he said, you know, in Mark 16, where Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe. One of the scriptures in there, it, it says, they will speak with new tongues. Now, I've never heard this before. I have. I know what you're thinking, but I've never heard what the Lord spoke to me. He said, you understand, and most of my people think that that's talking about praying in the Spirit. I said, yeah, yes, Lord, (laughs) yeah. We know that's what it's talking about. He said, do you ever consider that they'll change how they talk? Because in the Amplified, it says says that they'll speak in languages unknown to them. Do you know, as a believer, when you start realizing that you've got to change how you talk and call those things that be not as though they were, everybody in the world and and most of the people in the church are going to look like you, like you're a nut. Because of the words that are coming out of your, your mouth. It doesn't make any sense to them. It doesn't. That's why the psalmist said, My, pen, my tongue is the pen of a, of a ready writer, a, a ready writer. L- let me look here. I got an, I've got another one here. Isaiah 50, verse 4 says this: The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word in season to those that are weary. Think about that. If he's given me the tongue of the learned, I'm not not coming from a standpoint of I don't know what to do or what to say. I know what to say. So I better better watch my tongue and I I don't have to change how how I say things. Go to John chapter 4. John 4 here. Let's look at this scripture. In John 4, Jesus is dealing with this woman at the well. And verse 21, it says, Jesus says unto her, woman, because she's asking me, she says, your your people worship at the mountain, my people here, Where, where should we worship? Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship him, the Father, in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship me. He seeks such that worship him in what? In spirit and And in truth, what's worshiping him in in truth? The truth is that if if sickness is trying to get on my body, the truth is by his stripes I was healed. So when I say the right thing, it's considered worship. Your words, what you say about the situation is worship. And what do we got? We got Christians say, oh Lord, heal me. Oh, Lord, uh, destroy all this cancer. I could just see this scene in heaven. The father's sitting on the throne, and he looks over at Jesus and said, Did you die on a cross? How many stripes did you take, son? 39, father. I thought that by all those stripes, you, you, they were healed. They were. Why is she calling out saying destroy cancer on the earth? Didn't we take care of that? We did. So Jesus says, the true worshipers, the real ones, will worship Him in the Spirit and in truth. They'll speak the right things. Their spirits are intent on following and being led by the Holy Spirit, not being led by their flesh, not saying whatever they want to say. Jesus calls them the true worshipers. See, that changes a lot of things. That changes a lot of things in churches because people are getting fed a lie. They're sitting in Full churches, comfortable, they're not challenged by the pastor, all right? And if it's a challenge, it's just a little, we'll just give you a little push. We won't, but was that too hard? If that was too hard, I'm sorry. I I, I didn't mean to hurt you. Because if I, I know if I push you too hard, you'll get up and leave. So I, I don't want to do that because I'm more focused about your you and your, I mean your, You, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, they said it right the first time, you and your money. That's what they were concerned about. I'm not concerned about your money. I'm concerned about your eternal life and your spirit here and your relationship with the Lord here on earth. Why? Because God wants us, he wants to manifest himself in our lives. He wants to manifest in our life. So Jesus brings this up. He says, you'll worship in the spirit and truth. I told you the first thing you've got to do is you've got to answer the situation. You've got to have the word of God in your mouth. The second thing you're going to have to do, you're going to have the devil tell the devil to leave your stuff alone. Satan, this, this, this sickness is not going to stay in my body. The Word of God says He sent His Word. He healed me. Now you get out of here! Doesn't he say in James, submit to God. Resist the devil. And what happens with the devil? He flees in terror. That word flee means he flees in terror. Why? Because you're worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. You are. Or you should be. A righteous person is. A righteous person is. They're worshiping the Father in spirit and they're worshiping Him in truth. So, they answer the situation, whatever it is that comes up in their life. The next thing they do, they tell the devil, take your hands off this. You don't have a legal right here because this is what God's Word says. But what do most Christians do? Let me go to social media and have my friends start praying for me. I know people out there, they get on there and they say, all you prayer warriors. And I'm like, you've been walking with God for how many years? And you can't pray yourself? Now, I don't want to say what I really want to say because I'd be over my flesh. And that's not walking in love. But people need to grow up. You, you need to be a Christian. There's nothing wrong with having people pray for you. Because it says if, if two of you agree. If two of you agree. The problem is, so I've had people come and, and, and do that with, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Okay, I'm gonna, what are we going to agree on? That was my word. What are we going to agree on? Because I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I don't care what the situation looks like. I ain't changing on it. I ain't, I'm not going to change it. And every time I've seen them change. Almost every time they've, they've changed. It doesn't come to pass. And then, and then what do they do? They justify it. Well, you know, you, know, you just can't make you can't make people do things. No, you can't make people do things. But you know what? You can use the power of God. The power of God will come on people. And all of a sudden they'll say, I don't know why I'm doing this. What happened? Your faith was working. Your faith is working. You spend time worshiping the Father because when you enter into worship, if something happens it brings in the anointing and Isaiah said it this way he said in that day in what day I believe he's talking about worship in that day the yoke will be destroyed the bondage will be broken because of what the anointing and worship the anointing comes And how long does that take? I don't know. But I'm telling you, when the anointing comes, it breaks and destroys yokes and and loosens bondages. Go to Luke um, chapter 16. Luke 16. Look at this. I'm sorry, Luke 17. Spend more time worshiping the Father. Your, the, the Father's praise should always be on, on your lips. Well, does that mean I walk around saying praise the Lord all day long? Yeah, that's what that's talking about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, yes. Praise His holy name. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I praise you, Lord. What's it doing? It, it, it's it's bringing the anointing. Well, that just seems kind of silly to, do, to say that over and over. That's because you're in the flesh. The true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. They'll do things of the spirit. The false ones won't. The false worshipers will not do things of truth and the spirit. They won't going to do it. They they're not going to say the right things. Their tongue is not the pen of a ready writer. It's not ready. Why? Because when the when the when the when the pastor says or the word of God says, "Say this," Uh, I, might, I might be uncomfortable. That's just not how I am. See, that's the bondage that's on in your life, and it's not going to change until you say something. You open your mouth and you speak the word of God. John 6, 17, Jesus says in verse 11, he says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten lepers, ten men who were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. See, whenever there's a problem, God's got an answer for you. They came to him and said, have mercy on us. And the answer was, go show yourself unto the priest. Now your obedience, how you you answer what the Lord is saying determines whether you get cleansed or not. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. See, a lot of times, I just, you know, For instance, I just gave, I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes here talking about opening your mouth and saying something. But there's a lot of people that hearing that, they'll still turn right around and I say, well, say the word of God, and they won't say it. Spend time praising the Lord, they won't praise Him. Spend time worshiping, they won't worship Him. Why? They're disobedient. What did God say back in the Old Testament? He said, if you be willing and obedient. They're not willing. They're not obedient. As Christians, when they die, do they go to heaven? I don't know. I'm not their judge. I'm just saying the willing and obedient will get you in the promised land. It will get you walking in prosperity. It will get you walking in health. I'll say that in just a minute. It says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice he glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. What does that mean? He didn't even have a covenant. The man didn't have a covenant with the Father. But he came back and he falls down on his face. He has gratitude. He has gratitude with him. Verse 17, look at this. And Jesus answering said, What was Jesus answering? His worship. Jesus was answering his worship. And he said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Now the other nine, we don't know if they were Jews or Samaritans. They they may have been Jews. They may have been Samaritans. We don't know. Verse 18, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger and he said unto him, "Arise, go thy way. Your faith has made you whole." Right? Could we say it this way? Your worship has made you whole. Because isn't that what he did? He fell down on his face. He gave thanks. He worshipped God. He worshipped the the Lord. Jesus said, Your faith has made you whole, but what we saw was we saw worship. So, according to Jesus, your worship is an act of faith. How you act is an act of faith. If you always get offended when some people say things that you perceive as wrong, all right, that's why things aren't changing in your life. They're getting worse. I can pro- Rest assured, I promise you, they will get worse in your life. Pastor, you're speaking a curse of... No, I'm, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. If you don't change your action, if you don't change your attitude, if you don't change your words, if you don't take time out to worship the Lord and praise the Lord, it's going to get worse in your life. I mean, that's what. (laughs) Let me read you the rest of this, what the father said to Norval Hayes. He said, My children basically love me. They live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. And Norval had a rebuttal or a reply to what the Lord said. And then the Lord answered him and said, and neither do you. End of discussion. Your worship is important. Jesus called his worship his, his faith. Worship will bring things to you others can't have. Worship will bring things to you others can't have. Why? Because they won't worship. They won't worship. They won't change how they talk. And what happens is, you know, people will get in services where, um, and it's happened in my, in my ministry because I, I at least know of a couple of times that the gift of faith was an operation. I have no control over the gift of faith. Faith is an operation that people get healed whether they want to or not, whether they're believers or not. Now, that being said, well, then why doesn't, why doesn't people just get healed all the time? Because it's not up to me, it's as the Spirit wills. And the gifts manifest not by faith, but by hunger. That's what Brother Hagin said. I believe him. The gifts, the gifts of the Spirit manifest because of hunger, not because of faith. So guess what? Your hunger has a lot to do with the gifts in operation in church services. If you come hungry, that can cause the Spirit of God to start moving in that area because, what you're hungry for something. If the pastor is not hungry for the things of God, according to the Word of God, It'll stop the gifts of the Spirit from manifesting. On the other hand, they'll it'll bring it'll cause them to manifest. Especially when you get a situation where people in the in the congregation, not maybe not all the people, but there's people there that are hungry. What brings it what'll bring it in? The, what brings it in is is praise and worship. All right? Praise and worship. Will bring the anointing, and the the anointing destroys the yoke, it lifts the burdens. That one there, it'll happen every time. How long do you have to praise and worship Him? Till the anointing comes. When the anointing comes, it it breaks the yoke, lifts the burden. It's over. It's over. Go to uh, Psalm 37. The third thing that people have to do, Remember the first two? The first one, you better answer it. The second one, you better tell the devil. The third thing people have to do is they have to praise the Lord. You praise. You praise why? Because when you praise, the anointing comes. The anointing destroys the yoke, it lifts the burden. You praise. You praise Him. You worship Him. It's just like the leper. The other nine, they were healed, and they went away. The the leprosy stopped operating in their body, but the Samaritan who worshipped the Lord was not only healed, but he was made whole. And leprosy eats body parts away, fingers, nose, ears, and skin. It eats it away. His miraculously grew back at that moment because he worshipped. And that's why Jesus said, weren't there ten of y'all? What happened to the other nine? Again, I don't know if they were Jews or they were Samaritans. They could have been both. The problem was this one guy understood to worship and to give thanks. And Jesus turned that whole situation because... See, he's not a covenant man. He's a Samaritan. He he doesn't have a covenant. But Jesus said, look, son, what you're doing, that worship down there, we call faith. Now, I know you don't understand a a thing about it, except to worship. You do understand that. And because you understood that, somewhere along the line in your life, You got something from somebody. I don't know where you got it from. Jesus did. I said, I didn't know where you got it. Jesus knew where he got it from. He was appreciative. And he came back and he worshiped him. And he said, your your worship, I know it says faith, but faith and worship are interchangeable. They're the same. He said, your worship, your faith has made you whole. He rose up. He wasn't missing any fingers. He wasn't missing any flesh. I could go on into more than that. But just for time, I don't want... When he met up with the other guys, the other guys didn't recognize him. Because he didn't look like he had had leprosy. They all looked like they had leprosy, but it was healed. Because they're still missing body parts. He looks like a regular person. And probably it took a a little while for him to convince them that he was who he said he was. But what changed it? His faith, his worship. Psalm 37. And I just gave you the third one praise and worship. Look at verse 30. The mouth of the righteous and his tongue talketh of judgment. The mouth of the righteous, they speak wisdom. As I said earlier, you know, somebody that's born again, brand new, you know, last week or, day, or even today, this morning, they, got, you know, they come in here, they got born again. Okay, they're, they're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Not by anything they did, but what he did. So, The the mouth of the righteous, and I believe that word is talking about somebody that's growing and and is pursuing growing. They speak wisdom. What kind of wisdom? The wisdom of God. They speak the word of God. They're speaking with a new tongue, a different language. They're they're learning to talk differently. Was it Isaiah or Jeremiah that that said that that he he took the coals of fire, put it on his mouth, and changed how he talked? Right? So when God gets involved in the situation, He changes how you talk. The mouth of the righteous, they speak wisdom. And His tongue talketh of judgment. Judgment on what? Not on people, on situations. Satan, you take your hands off this. The Word of God says about me and my family, my life, that by His stripes I was healed. God sent His word, He healed me. I received my healing. I have it. I'm, I'm not waiting for it to manifest. I've already got it. I don't care whether it manifests now, tomorrow, next week, next month, doesn't matter. I already got it. It's mine. I'm not even focused on when it shows up. It manifests in the natural. Because I've already got it. I've judged it. I've judged it. See, that's what you got to do. You got to take your situation And judge it. And and see, those first two things, they shouldn't take very long at all. We're just talking moments. What's going to take the longest is this number three here, praise and worship. Because that's what you're going to do. That's going to be the way of your life, the life of praise and worship. Father, I just praise you. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for supplying all my need according to your, your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, I worship you Father, I worship you. Thank you Father for delivering my family. Thank you Father that all my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren up to the 10th generation, they they love you, they they worship you, they're obedient to your word, they're filled with the Holy Ghost, they're on fire for you. Satan, you have to take your hands off them because I've already judged the situation. The Bible says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord, you and, your, you and your household shall be saved. So, according to the Word of God, I, I stand on that. Father, I thank you for saving my entire household. All my family, my sons, daughters, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody that's in our families, they're all saved. All on fire for the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're obedient to the Word of God. They're obedient to the Word of God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you because... Just in a second, you just changed everything. I already see it. I see. see I, I see my whole family. This is. I'm, I see my whole family, and when I say family, I'm not just talking about sons and daughters. I'm talking about cousins and everything. I see them saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, on fire for God. I see it. They walk in the blessing. They don't walk in the curse because they've been redeemed from it. I see it. What am I doing? I'm worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> if I get out and and I've had I've had Christians tell me when I when i I've, I've given them a, a, a word about God moving their family. I, I, I've had Christians tell me, you, know, uh, you, you don't know my kids. I've had them say that. You don't know my kids. What happened? I was worshiping in spirit and truth. They were worshiping in the flesh. They were worshiping the flesh. They weren't worshiping God. They were worshiping the flesh. What's it say back here? Let's go back here real quick. I'm, I, I'm closing. I'm closing. Romans chapter 8. See, I could, I, man, <laughs> I, I'm getting more fired up as I keep going, <laughs> so I got to back off. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 4 that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh they mind the things of the flesh you don't know my you don't know my kids that's minding the things of the flesh you don't know what i've been through that's minding the things of the flesh you don't know my spouse Minding the things of the flesh. You don't know my boss. That's minding the things of the flesh. You don't know the company I work for. That's minding the things of the flesh. You don't know what my doctor said. That's minding the things of the flesh. But they that have the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, just the first part. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word enmity, it's a fancy way for saying the carnal mind is at war with God. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for turning that light on back there finally. I thought I took all the bulbs out. That's what's really a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) If you worship him in spirit and truth, you'll you'll praise him. You'll worship him. The true worshipers do. Jesus said the time is coming and and now is. He's saying it's time is coming for you that don't worship in spirit and truth. It's coming, but it also is. It's now. It's right now. It's right now. The true worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth. Well, they they'll see things, what God's already done. <clears throat> Those that are ready to receive are humble. They humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt them in due season. And they're submitted to God, and so therefore, because they're fully submitted to God, they resist the devil, and Satan does what? He runs. Three things again. Answer your situation. Tell it, what, tell it what to do. Tell it to move. Jesus said you'll speak to the mountain and you'll tell it to be moved, cast in the sea. You'll not doubt in your heart. But those things that you say, you know you have what, what you say. Then the second one is you tell the devil, you take your hands off of it. Take your hands off my finances. That money's coming in. It doesn't matter that my boss said he won't give us any raise. Because he's not the supply. He's not the supply. But you know what? Jesus can visit your boss and say, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going to give you a $5 an hour raise. Don't tell anybody else here. Think outside the box. Then The third thing is praise and worship. Take time to praise and worship every single day. Every single day every single day every single day did you get something today praise be the name of the Lord glory to God thank you father thank you Lord thank you Lord worship will bring you what others can't have it's that the Lord won't give to them they can't have it because they won't worship they won't praise Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Don, you just stay right there. You can go ahead.